Exactly. I would actually argue that the ultimate gateway drug is alcohol. I would agree with that. And that's 100% legal everywhere for anybody 21 and over. I would 100% give alcohol the gateway drug title over marijuana. Me too. Welcome to Social Soul Podcast. My name is Jess. And I'm Haley. And today's episode is going to be a little bit of a deep one. It's going to be basically our experiences with people in our lives that have battled addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, Haley's had some experiences. I've had some experiences both with people pretty close to us, um, family and friends and just loved ones in general. So we're going to talk about that. But uh, first, before we dive into the episode, of course, want to do a shout out to Clean Craft, our sponsor. Um, I'm actually drinking one right now, the cola flavor, of course, because it's my favorite. Yes, I love the lime. That is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually have a Amazon storefront that you guys can buy these through now. So those will always be or the storefront will always be linked in our bio. Um, and I'm sure you guys all know by now, but this is a hemp extract <laughs> infused beverage. Yes. If you've listened to us before, you're probably like, okay, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you haven't tried it, you need to try it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I took a sip. <laughs> um, but yeah, so check the show notes for that link. You can also buy directly through their um, website, cleancraft.com and use our promo code soul. I'm pretty sure either way you buy it, you do get free shipping. Mm-hmm. So whichever one's easiest for you. We all know Amazon is. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> I buy everything and anything on Amazon. And what's nice is that it does support the clean craft business as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just Amazon making the money. There are vendors that sell yep. through Amazon. So, And honestly, clean craft, I'm pretty sure, prefers Amazon. Yeah. It's easier for them. Yeah. So. When I was talking to Pete, that's kind of... The direction he said that they were headed. So yeah. So yeah. buy on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> and then of course tag us in all of your clean craft stories on Instagram. We will reshare them. Yeah, we'll reshare them, and we just really want to know it, like how much you guys are actually enjoying the product. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. So let's dive in. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Um. Actually, I have no idea even <laughs> where to start this. Um, Maybe <laughs> we can both just kind of share like what our experience has been and like the people in our lives that were affected by addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we can kind of just dive into some of the stories and experiences we've been through. So personally, I grew up with my dad battling addiction to alcohol and then it turned into prescription pain meds. Um, So that was kind of something I grew up with my entire life. Um, what age were you when you first realized like that that was going on? Do you remember? I like roughly it doesn't have to be exact. I remember acknowledging things around middle school. Okay. Time. Yeah. But it was a factor like in my parents divorce and they got divorced when I was like five. So yeah. I'm curious. Like I'm trying to remember when I first like realized it was happening too. Cause obviously I was close with you. Yeah. Since first grade. Yeah. I don't even remember like what grade it was probably I would think freshman year when my dad went to rehab okay is probably when I even talked about it because I feel like it was like an internalized thing for so long that was kind of my guess was like either late middle school or early high school yeah like I kind of started realizing what you guys were all going through well and I know you kind of had a similar experience with family in high school 
Yeah, so I was pretty young when it started, but my oldest brother was addicted to, um, I guess it's a pain pill, the oxy, Oxycontin? Uh, is that what you mm-hmm. call it? I don't even know drug names, guys. I'm so bad. Um, but yeah, so he got addicted to that. I remember, which I don't know if this is if anybody else has ever heard of this before, but this is something that specifically sticks out in my memory. I didn't obviously I was very young. I didn't even realize it was going on. I just knew that my dad was always pissed off at my brother and I didn't mm-hmm. know why. Um, and my brother, of course, was always acting shady and I didn't know why. Um, he used to tell my dad that he was going to an OC party. Do you remember that show? The OC? Yeah. That was on TV? Yes. My dad used to think that he was going to like OC viewing parties and it was like their keyword for like Oxycontin, Oxycontin parties. That is so shitty. He would be so direct about it. Isn't that insane? Yeah. But like, of course, as a parent, you're not going to like think that, right? Yeah. You, it was a popular show during that time. Yeah. That just sticks out to me like so much. And I just remember being like, that's actually kind of smart <laughs> to like, you're yeah. not technically lying. You're not lying. Right? Like, I was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, I was pretty young when it started. And I think, I don't even remember how old I was when I actually realized what was going on. Um, do you even remember how old I was? I remember when you told me. Do you remember what age that was? <laughs> so how much older is your brother than you? He's six years. So he would have been in high school. When I told you? Well, when he was using, right? I don't know. I feel like he, I feel well, like he okay, was so in high that school. Drug, that drug specifically, maybe. Yeah. But he obviously like had tried other things and done other things too. Um, I think and it I was, think I think he started like smoking weed and drinking like in sixth grade. Okay, yeah, I so. feel like for us it was probably middle school as well, like when all of that stuff was yeah. going on. Pretty. That's pretty when similar. I'd remember. But then yeah. you've also had like an experience with somebody you dated. Yeah, so I was in a serious relationship with somebody, and um, I had no idea that they were addicted to painkillers until I moved in with him, and that was what was so wild to me was like having no idea like there was times where like he had taken a pain pill and like I knew about it but like it was like a special occasion type thing and like obviously I didn't agree with it I was Mm -hmm. never the one that was into those kind of like that kind of partying yeah but I didn't think it was like a problem until like we moved in together is when it like got like really really bad and obviously when you're living with somebody it's way more obvious when they're doing shady shit Mm -hmm. because you're around them all the time yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah that was a like extremely tough situation to like you know have somebody that you're serious with you just realize that you can't be around them Mm -hmm. if they're making those choices and so you have to make hard choices yourself yeah I feel like it would feel like finding something out like that it would feel like like you've been lied to for like such a long time because you guys had lived together for a little bit Mm -hmm. and it didn't really blow up until you moved to a different place Mm -hmm. and then you were like Oh, shit. Yeah. We lived in two different places together. Yeah. And it wasn't until we moved on, like in on our own, just us two, that things, yeah, really started to blow up. Oh, my God. It's wild. So I don't know. I remember. So we like talked about like middle school. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that kind of stands out to you, like with what happened with your brother that you like remember from the early on days? I remember when I finally figured out what he was doing and like 
obviously I was on my parents' side. My parents were, you know, very cautious, didn't want him to like be home alone because they didn't want like his druggy friends to come over and like, or he used to like pawn stuff of my parents mm-hmm. to like pay for the drugs. Yeah. Um, like Xbox games. Yeah. Like I he remember. pawned our, our Xboxes. Me and my other brother were pissed because of course we wanted to play them. I remember you being really pissed about that. Like, yeah. I remember you saying something about it. And like, actually, I think I remember you hiding things like in mm-hmm. your dresser. Yep, I would hide things because I was scared that he was going to, like, take them and yeah. pawn them. Um, but I remember a specific moment where, like, I started to get really, really mad at him for everything that was going on because he was, like, you know, it felt like he was, like, tearing my family apart. And, like, choosing. And choosing it. drugs over us, mm-hmm. right? And as a little sister, like, I felt like he didn't care about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just getting really scary. And I remember... My parents telling me like, okay, like he's not allowed to have friends over. Um, So if he ever has friends over when we're not home, like you need to tell us. Mm -hmm. And I was home alone one day and he wasn't home at the time, but he came home all of a sudden for something. And he was, I remember in the garage doing whatever. And I was kind of like trying to like watch what he was doing, Mm -hmm. like spy on him a little bit. And all of a sudden these two friends showed up of his. And I was like, you motherfucker. Like, because oh obviously I don't like being a tattletale, right? Mm-hmm. Now I have to tell my parents that you fucking have people over when yeah. you're not supposed to. And I remember like storming out into the garage and just like going off on him and like telling him he's a piece of shit and mm-hmm. I hated him, blah, blah, blah. And he needs to get the fuck out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want him here. I don't feel safe with you here anymore, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, I just went off on him. And it was such like a pivotal moment for me because like it felt like I had, it was like everything I had been holding in mm-hmm. for like months just like finally exploded yeah. in that moment. But at the same time, I loved him so much that it just was so sad for me. Mm-hmm. And then he finally was like, fine, like I'll leave. And he left. And then it was like when you- he left, I was even more scared because I'm like, did I just push him to like go do drugs by me yelling at him? Oh, my God. You know what so I mean? So much of what you just said. Like, I feel like if somebody's listening to this and they've ever had somebody that they know, like, mm-hmm. experience something like this, they're going to be like, holy shit, I relate. Because listening to you, yeah, so many things. Like, I remember getting so angry with my dad and and feeling like, like I could just yell at him and he'd understand and he'd want to stop drinking for me Mm -hmm. but that was never the case because he was never drinking because of me but also just like feeling unsafe like that's like another thing it's yeah you said there was something else that you just said like when you were talking about that that I was just like oh my god I just think when you're that close to somebody that's involved in an addiction you oftentimes blame yourself for it Mm -hmm. and that sucks because you shouldn't Um, And it goes back to like the whole saying where like you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. And like I so often would do things to try to help um, my brother and to like help my ex-boyfriend and they wouldn't like they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't do it. And you start to like blame yourself. You're like, am I not good enough? Like, Mm -hmm. am I not a good enough reason for you to like want to get your life back on track? Like you obviously don't care about me. You start to put yourself down Mm -hmm. over it. And that's the scariest part, yeah. I think. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's just really like gut wrenching too, because it's like this person that you care about and you can kind of see them struggling like very clearly 
lying to your face, Mm -hmm. deceiving you. And it's like, you know that they can do better and like you want better for them. But until they're willing to like get the help that they need, they're going to stay stuck in that cycle. But also addiction is it is like a mind thing. It's such Mm -hmm. a mental thing that it's like just because somebody wants to change doesn't necessarily mean that they can do it completely on their own. And I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that's really hard because it's like you carry the burden of it. Like I literally have a specific moment that I remember sitting on the front porch at my mom's house. Like when my dad's like alcohol use turned into like pain pills I remember him being on the phone and just being like I just don't understand like why you don't understand this is so hard for me I just wish that you would stop like do you not love me enough and I remember him saying like oh it's just pain pills and me being like are you freaking kidding but I felt I don't know I just I also felt responsible too Mm -hmm. because like like I know now, like it wasn't my responsibility, but growing up, my parents divorced when I was four. So my dad lived further away than my mom did from like all of my friends. So when it came time for like high school and my dad went to rehab when I was a freshman in high school, um, he relapsed afterwards. But I remember not really spending much time with my dad or going up to my dad's house very often and getting like the guilt trips of like, will you never come and see me? Like, I'm sober. Why would I even stay sober? I feel like you guys don't care. And I feel like sometimes my grandma even said things like, well, you know, like he'd do better if you guys went and saw him. And so I always like felt responsible for it, which was like really hard. I remember you going through that. Like, I remember him saying those things to you. And I remember you like contemplating, like, should I go see him? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But Well, it's kind of like you get stuck in the enabling. Exactly. And that's the part that's so hard to figure out in the moment is like, you don't want to enable the person. You also don't want to cut them off entirely because that's not what feels right in the moment either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, for me personally, I felt like if or at least with like my ex-boyfriend um I felt like if I walked away or if I did something to upset him then it was going to get worse and something was going to happen and then I was going to blame myself for that yeah but at the same time it was like I had been trying so hard to help him and none of that was working either Mm -hmm. and so it's just a and like mind fuck yeah you know well it's like you're trying to kind of control the outcome and control the situation but you're not the decision maker yeah you can't yeah it's a hard thing to realize like if anything happens I can't blame myself Mm -hmm. because it really is not in your control Mm -hmm. as much as you want it to be it is that person's choices and people with addictions make a lot of bad choices Mm -hmm. and very bad things can happen. People Mm -hmm. can die. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's always in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with somebody like that, especially Mm -hmm. a loved one. And you just, it was always a fear of mine. Like if something happens, am I going to feel like I didn't do enough Mm -hmm. to help that person? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard too, because it's like people obviously are struggling like mentally Mm -hmm. and it's like, they almost can't get themselves out of the addiction without help. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, what help do I give? Exactly. You know, like to what extent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really fucking (laughs) tough to be honest. Yeah. Um, I remember, so I had like a specific moment, um, 
where well okay so like with my ex-boyfriend I remember over a period of like a few months kind of as I realized what was going on um so we smoked a lot of weed together (laughs) when Mm -hmm. we were together um and obviously weed can make you tired he was like especially tired all Mm -hmm. the time and I was like okay I'm smoking this weed too like I'm not that tired Mm -hmm. like why are you so tired every time you smoke weed like we would watch tv and he instantly would be asleep yeah and I was just like this is kind of odd but I didn't think anything of it right what like whatever and then when I realized he was doing the pain pills, I realized he was falling asleep because he was mixing those two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no shit. He's falling asleep all the time. I remember like driving places and he would be driving and he would like look like he was going to doze off oh my while he was driving. That's and so I was scary. Yeah. There was one time where, um, oh God, this is like going to be so weird to like talk about because I haven't like talked about this stuff in so yeah. many years. But um, I remember one time he went with me to my grandparents' house in Bellingham for the weekend. And I had already known that he was doing painkillers. And I already knew he was lying to me. Yes. And so we were on very rocky terms with each other. And he was always texting. And it was like he would never, like, tell me who he was texting. Mm -hmm. And he would always, like, hide it kind of thing. (gasps) Such a red flag. I mean, that's such a red flag for anything in a relationship. Like, (laughs) fuck but it's obviously I was seeing this happen and I'm like, okay, something's going on. And I remember during the whole evening, he kept like walking away to like text somebody. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Um, that night we stayed up there and he fell asleep and I went through his phone. And when I went through his phone, I found text messages to somebody who was supplying him the pills. And okay. he was talking about how like, hey, can I get some from you tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. Like when I'm back in town. Like, that's what he had been texting. That's all he was thinking about. Yeah, the whole entire whole entire night, that's all mm-hmm. he was focused on was how he was going to get his next fix. Yeah. And it just sucks, you know? Like, it sucks to have somebody that you're trying to spend time with just be focused on that the mm-hmm. whole time. Um, I don't remember if I said anything, like, I don't remember if I, like, woke him up and yelled at him or anything. I don't think I did. I think I just, like, hit it that night and just dealt with it. But the next day... Um, we were driving home and he was driving and he was falling asleep again. Like, but didn't like, he get really sick too? Wasn't he? Didn't he throw up? That does. Yeah. That was during this. Okay. Yeah. So he, he was the one that was driving home. We were driving my car, but like I, he had offered to drive home. Like, sure. Obviously I'm pissed off. So I'm like, yes, please drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then obviously I didn't realize he had like taken another pill before we got in the car we were like not even 10 minutes into the drive and he was like falling asleep and I got pissed and I mm-hmm. was like, pull the fuck over. I'm driving, get in the passenger seat. We pulled over and that's when he started getting sick Okay, and started puking. Uh-huh. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I just like laid into him the entire hour drive home from my grandparents house. Wait, what did you lay into him about? Did you? I told him like I read your okay. phone last night. I know that like all you're giving a fuck about right now is getting your next fix. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Um, just, you know, told him everything I knew and how I was feeling. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't remember the timeline exactly, to be honest, but I'm pretty sure it was after this moment where like he realized like, OK, I'm fucking serious mm-hmm. about this and like I'm not going to be putting up with this shit. Yeah. And I made the decision myself, even though I knew it was the wrong one. I made the decision to tell him like, obviously, like you need to admit that there's an issue here because he wasn't admitting that mm-hmm. he had a problem. Right. He finally admitted that to me. 
Um, and I told him, you need to tell your family because I don't want to be the only one trying to help you through this. For sure. You know what I mean? Like you have a whole fucking family that can try to. Mm-hmm. He told his family. Um, and then I told him, I was like, obviously I care about you a lot. I will stick around as long as you are honest with me from this point forward. Cause I'm like, shit happens. People mm-hmm. get addicted to things, right? People make mistakes. Mm-hmm. As long as you're honest with me, who's your partner, who's loving you. Yeah. Like wanting to be with you. Yeah. If you're honest, I'll stay by your side. You fuck up. Just tell me I'll mm-hmm. help you get help. You know yeah. what I mean? And he was like, okay. And he like agreed to everything. Yeah. And like, it was a good moment. Obviously, that didn't fucking happen. I he ended up lying to me again, and I realized he was being shady again. And he, I remember he would always get home from work, and he would park, and he would sit in his car for like 25 minutes every night. Mm-hmm. And I'd always be inside of our apartment like, what the fuck are you doing out there? Like, why can you not come inside Yeah, yet? what? It was just so fucking mm-hmm. shady. But then I finally got the um, urge to search my apartment. Because I was like, if he's doing pills, there has to be pills in here. There are somewhere. Yeah. So I searched my apartment, ended up finding some, flushed him down the toilet, called him while he was at work. And I said, you've still been fucking lying to me. I just found all. I just found your fucking stash. Yeah. I told him I flushed them, yep. which he did not appreciate, yep. of course. And then I said, I'm done. Yep. And I'm leaving you. I remember. And he was at work and I moved all my shit out within like two hours mm-hmm. and was just done I think the hardest part about that though like I think by that point I was pretty like dead set like well because I remember you guys had actually split before and then you got back together for a short period of time yeah um yeah but I was pretty dead set I'm like if this happens again I'm leaving Mm -hmm. and so it did and I was like my decisions made Mm -hmm. um and I firmly believe like when you're ready to walk away you're ready to walk away and Mm -hmm. I was very much ready to walk away um and I remember coming home to my parents house that day my parents had no idea what had been happening because I yeah, hadn't told them for sure um obviously because yeah. of their experience with my brother too yeah. I knew what they were gonna tell well, me they were gonna tell me to leave yeah and you don't want your family to hate him exactly yeah um and I remember coming home to my parents that day after I had called him at work and being like I just broke up with him this is why I need you guys to come to the apartment and help me get my stuff and I remember my dad started crying Oh! and I've never seen my dad cry before. And like that just hit me the hardest. Yeah. Because like, and I asked my mom, I was like, why is like, why is dad crying? And he, my dad started crying because like he had no idea that like I was going through like what they went through mm-hmm. with my brother. And that like made him so sad that he started crying. And I like that hit me so hard. It was so sad. You know, what's kind of wild is um, one of the, I think some, the company that used to sell Oxycontin, there was like just a big lawsuit against them that they lost Mm -hmm. because of the way that they sold and marketed and lied about that drug, Yep, which is good good thank fucking god yeah because honestly though like i isn't i feel like the fentanyl is gonna be the next one yeah get well sued. what's what happened with a lot of the pain meds is when they made it so that they couldn't smoke it anymore they started using heroin and so like a lot of people who use heroin started with prescription that's exactly drugs. what happened to my brother yeah is that's exactly when he started doing heroin yeah was that exact honestly moment. like that's what 
I was so worried about with my dad. So after he was using alcohol, I found out that he was also using pain pillar, painkillers, pain pills. Pain, I tried to say that. Pain too. pillars. Pain pillars. <laughs> um, but you know, what's wild is just like recently, like maybe a year, a year and a half ago, my dad ended up in the hospital and they gave him Narcan, which is yeah. what you give people when they overdose. And my dad, he's always been the type to like, he's falling asleep like all the time. He has really bad sleep apnea. Um, but I just remember being like, so they gave you Narcan. So that means that you OD'd. And he he would not say he OD'd. He, I remember this. He, wouldn't, he didn't say, he, he was like, I didn't use more than what was prescribed to me with like my traditional medication. Because he goes to a methadone clinic as well. Which is interesting because the drug, the pain pill he used to abuse was methadone. And I understand that methadone clinics help people get off pain pills and stuff. So I'm not like knocking it. But um, he like ended up like overdosing. And I it was so hard because my grandma has always kind of been somebody who enables him in a way. And I totally mm-hmm. understand. Um, but I remember them like them not understanding why me and my siblings were so upset and so worried because we thought you're using drugs again, like you OD'd. Mm -hmm. And he still to this day, like that's not what he says happened. Does he remember what happened? Um, no, I mean, he had been like falling asleep really frequently. Mm -hmm. And then that's why they took him to the ER. Okay. And when they got him to the ER, they, that's when they gave him the Narcan. Yeah, he and clearly was, was overdosing on. and that's yes. why he was yeah. acting that way. Yeah. And my dad has like a whole shit ton of health issues. He's on so True. many medication. I'm sure his liver is freaking shot, mm-hmm. which is so sad. Um, So it's like, yeah, I suppose maybe your body could not have metabolized that stuff. But I just remember like leaving the hospital and being like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, I don't know what to think. And then trying to explain like, it's hard to trust you. You know, you've lied to us like about this before. So it, and they also gave you the drug that they give to people when they OD. So yeah, I remember just being like, I have no clue like what to think or anything like that. I feel like when you just said like, yeah, maybe his body wasn't metabolizing the dose that he was given. And that's why like he ended up in that position. Like he's still lying about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like at that point, you're, you still have overdosed, whether mm-hmm. it's intentional or unintentional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he still should have owned up to it and been like, yeah, like, clearly that dose was too much. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he really didn't mean to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, like, at least accepting that that's what happened yeah. will show you that, like, he didn't mean to do yeah. it and that, like, he's going to make a change and maybe Mm -hmm. not take that much next time yeah but it's like now you're still stuck in this spot where you're like it's probably gonna happen again yeah you know what I mean like I can't trust him yeah but then he's so good at the guilt trip (laughs) that it's like the flip like well no I'm sober you don't believe me that I'm sober why am I even sober? Yeah. You're like, de- what's the I point? I feel like he was always very guilt trippy with yeah. you. And like, I, <laughs> I don't think I ever really experienced much of that side yeah. of addiction. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I even got a voicemail from my dad on Sunday and I was like, one day I'm going to miss Oops. the guilt trip because like even the voicemail he left me to this day 
I'm just like, oh my fucking God. (laughs) Um, but I do think like for my dad, so much of like his addiction comes from like mental health stuff and like traumas that he's had in the past. Like his dad was an alcoholic and like abusive. And so I don't know. It's just realizing that a lot of what he does to me is because of his circumstances. Like I feel like it's easier for me to accept those things, but still it was like traumatizing. Like for sure. I remember even like we would drive his car. Like he'd come pick us kids up, literally open beer in the fucking car in his work van. Us kids like shoved into the front seat, double buckled, like and then he'd have us drive his car and we're not even like legal driving age. I remember a few times riding in his work van oh, with God. you guys and we would be in the back and you guys would be like searching back like uh, for beer probably for, like, things in like, yeah. the back seat. Yeah. Because you like knew he was probably hiding shit. Yes. Well, he used to carry a case of beer like in the back yeah. of his car too. But yeah, I also remember his drug dealer's house. Like I remember we never went inside, but there were all of these times where he'd be like, Oh, we're going to stop in my friend's house. He'd leave us in the car, go inside for, I don't even know how fucking long and then come back out. And I specifically remember one time afterwards him walking, we went to stop at a gas station and he went inside to the bathroom and I heard the pills in like a paper bag when he was walking into the bathroom. And it's, I just, still have that memory in my head yeah but it's I don't know it's interesting it's just like thinking about like the fact that I went through that but also like never really acknowledged that I don't know yeah well I think you were definitely young for part of it and I'm that makes it hard to know what you're supposed to be doing and like how to acknowledge it you don't even know what it is yet and it's already being Mm -hmm. like thrown into your life you know yeah and it's like what do you say this is your parent exactly yeah when it's somebody that close to you it's hard to figure out what to do I'm curious um you said that like his dad was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. um and obviously he was an alcoholic has that ever made you nervous about like yourself yeah I mean alcohol well I definitely feel like it's a big reason I don't drink anymore because I feel like when I started to see like the early signs of like problem drinking, I was like, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Um, But always growing up, people told me to be careful when Mm -hmm. I was drinking because I think it's I mean, I I know it is in your genetics and like people who have like family history, I think are 40 to 60 percent more likely to like become addicted as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I did think about it, but I don't think I thought that it could happen to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, so like my dad's dad was an alcoholic and my dad's brother was an alcoholic. Um, Both died from alcohol related deaths. Yeah. Um, So my dad, that was always something that like he was worried about. Mm -hmm. Um, He drinks, but I wouldn't say he drinks a lot. He's had obviously, I feel like times in his life where he's drank more than other times Mm -hmm. in his life, probably when my brother was going through all this shit. I don't know. But, um, it's definitely something that he mentioned to us when we were younger. And then obviously when my brother started going through addiction, um, my mom's dad is also actually kind of an alcoholic, like not, I guess, classified an alcoholic, but he drinks a lot. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's a lot of people in our close family who deal with addiction type things. 
And so my parents always talked to us about it. And yeah. Were like, you know, like your grandparents did this, you know, and like mm-hmm. it runs in your blood to easily get addicted to things. Yep. So you need to be careful. Mm-hmm. And that was a big reason. Like I never tried a lot of things yeah. in my life. You have always been really careful. Like I, I remember just in high school, just because of what your brother went through, mm-hmm. you were very against drugs, like yeah. even pot in the beginning. Yeah. I didn't smoke weed until I think like senior year. Yeah. I think you were, you hated that your high school boyfriend did it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I absolutely hated it. I thought mm -hmm. he was a piece of shit for being a pot smoker. Yes. I take that back now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's so interesting, too, how certain things get the stigma and then, like, other things don't. But so I read this stat that over half of all American adults have family history of problem drinking or alcohol addiction. I couldn't find any stats on just, like, addiction in general. Mm -hmm. But that's like one in two people have a family history of Makes it. Makes sense, honestly. Yeah. And I feel like every single person I know knows somebody who has struggled with addiction, whether it be to drugs or to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Will you think about like our society and just how things are marketed? Like every company wants you to be addicted to their product. Mm-hmm. That's just like how they market it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even let's talk about McDonald's French fries back in the day. Didn't they used to have some shit in them that made yeah. you addicted to them? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I forget like, what it was called, but they used to sprinkle something on those fries that would literally make you addicted. I don't know why more. I'm thinking it's cocaine. Why do I think Because it probably was. For <laughs> who fucking knows. But like Coca-Cola, didn't Coca-Cola have something in it too? That yeah. made people it used addicted to have, I think to it? it was cocaine. Was I it? really do. <laughs> That's why it's called Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's all making sense now. Um, I'm actually thinking a lot about too. So right now, um, Steven and I are binge watching Breaking Bad because mm-hmm. he's never seen it before. <laughs> yeah, he's never seen it before. I've seen it like, I've seen the whole thing like twice so this will be like my third time watching yeah, it yeah it gets so dark near the end it's, some of it's like real depressing yeah but like it's interesting to talk about this with you today because there's so much addiction in that show yes you know with like the meth and everything and then the money mm, and the money like, yeah like walter white becomes addicted to the money mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he makes so much more money in that show than he even needs to make mm-hmm. for the reason that he starts yeah doing that whole mm-hmm. meth lab thing but like I also when you brought up like when we brought up the pot thing I also thought it was super interesting and I'm this is not really relevant to what we're talking about but I thought it was super interesting watching the stigma around pot in this show okay have you do you remember uh-uh so the pot is like meth to them in this show what is that not the weirdest thing and I don't remember it really being like that when I first watched the show But now I watch it back and they're like, oh, my God, like somebody smokes pot. They're like, holy shit. (laughs) And they they, it was the whole gateway drug thing. Like they go off in this show about pot smokers. Wait, (laughs) it's funny actually to think about the fact that weed is not legal in every single state because we're in Washington and it's legal here. And now I'm like, some people do think that pot is like the worst thing ever. So I want to I kind of want to talk about. And I think it kind of ties into what we're talking about. I want, do want to talk about like the whole gateway drug thing mm-hmm. with pot. Because for me, I mean, I understand why people say it's a gateway drug. Totally understand. Because you're learning how to smoke something out of a fucking bong or a pipe 
Like mm-hmm. you're learning a lot of skills to be able mm-hmm. to smoke other drugs. Well, and you're getting high. You're getting high. Like I get it. I do not think weed is addictive. Yeah. I mean, I think if you have an addictive personality and you get, you can get addicted to anything. I think it's the habit. Yeah. Like that's to really what it, it is. Yeah. Is like the people that are in the routine of smoking all the time. Like, yeah. Well, like I think about like people with like sex addictions. Yes. Or gambling. Or gambling yes. addictions. Like you wouldn't say that sex is addictive. Yes. You wouldn't say that gambling is addictive. Yes. You can get addicted to mm-hmm. it, but not everybody that has sex is going to become a sex addict. Well, not same everybody thing with that alcohol gambles. too. Exactly. I would actually argue that the ultimate gateway drug is alcohol. I would agree with that. And that's 100% legal everywhere for anybody 21 and over. I would 100% give alcohol the gateway drug title over marijuana. Me too. Because like I've made a lot more drug decisions in my life drunk off of alcohol. Same than I ever have mm-hmm. high on weed. <laughs> and I would say it probably depends when people are using because I do think about like in high school, if you were smoking a ton of pot and hanging around the people who smoke pot, I could see that transforming into something else. Like I know Dustin talks about when he was in high school, how he was kind of hanging around a crowd who was smoking pot when he had first moved here from Kansas City. They went He's down from Kansas City. He was born in Kansas City, then moved to California. No, he was born in California, then moved to Kansas City. I had no idea he lived in Kansas City. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) No, but then the friends that he was smoking pot with started doing other drugs. And he was like, okay, I'm going to separate myself from these people. And I think about like my younger brother and like, I think for him it started as pot and now I'm a little bit more concerned. But don't you think that like people that are drinking a lot of alcohol in high school are trying those drugs too? No. Yes. No. I think alcohol is the number one. Yeah. For sure. That's what I think is so funny is that like people have put that stigma on people who smoke pot because they're likely to try other things. But it's like that person that's wasted at the party is going to be snorting cocaine too yeah no the one time I did cocaine I was drunk not high yeah right. <laughs> I never got high and was like I want to do coke but yeah. I've gotten drunk and been like let's party <laughs> right? like yeah I am totally with you yeah I think that's something that's funny. That I think you need to like add that to your like alcohol alcohol free discussions and yes. stuff on Instagram about Is alcohol it being it? like the gateway drug yes I bet you so we many We just came up agree. with some new content I for like you. it. I really like it. That's how useful this episode I might tweet was. about it. I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> you tweet it and I will retweet it. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. Uh, is there anything else specifically that you wanted to go over? Um, I mean, I kind of want to talk about like my dad going to rehab okay. just because this is something that's like really vivid for me. And it's so interesting because... Like, I literally remember standing in the driveway at my dad's house before we had his intervention. Wow. And we were all asked to, like, write a letter. And I I remember, like, going into the house. I remember my cousin Jake being, like, so polite, so sweet, like, comforting us. Because um, it was, like, really hard. I was, like, I don't know, 13, 14. And it's, like, going to confront my dad about what's happening and everybody kind of banding together like to get him into rehab and thank god that my like aunt um and uncles like helped pay for that but I remember everybody was like going around somebody grabbed my dad and like brought him into the living room and we were like 
I don't even know how we started it, but I remember when I was supposed to read my letter, I could not even read my letter. Yeah, don't I blame like, you. Yeah, I like made my grandma read it. Um, but yeah, I just remember that being really hard and like really sad because he went to detox first, mm-hmm. and then it's like you can't talk to him while he's in detox. Yeah, and then. The rehab facility he went to was over in, I think it was like Ellensburg. So it was kind of a drive. And I remember we'd get to go visit him sometimes. And I just remember literally being in the backseat of my grandma and grandpa's car, like driving away and just feeling so sad about it. And I don't know. It's just interesting, too, because also like when he got out, it was like only 30 days. I remember when he relapsed at my brother's graduation. Wow. And that being a big deal because it's like he shows up to graduation like drunk. And then it's like me and my sister were like looking for him afterwards because he obviously was like guilty about it. Yeah. I don't know. So I just like the whole experience was like, I don't know, just sad, kind of traumatic too. But I remember um, visiting my brother in rehab. Yeah. Um, He went to rehab a few times, one of which the times was in spokane mm-hmm. um and yeah it's such it's like it's kind of um foggy mm-hmm. like in my memory you know yeah but like i remember going to um one of the rehab places and i don't remember which one it was probably one that was close to around here maybe but um i remember going and feeling like i was like walking into like jail to like visit him and they did like this meeting you know for like the families and the people that were yeah being that people that were in rehab what do you call them I don't know what you call them the yeah people in rehab in treatment yeah I don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> what do you call them? I don't know <laughs> if there's a word for that let us know <laughs> um but yeah I remember like we were all sitting in this room and some guy was talking and like he was having people share and like blah blah, blah. and I remember on the wall was that poster of like all the steps mm-hmm. and I just remember like staring at that and like reading it and just being like in like feeling like I like wasn't even like in real life mm-hmm. being there. Um, and then I remember my brother like showing me like the room that he was staying in mm-hmm. and he had like this little like locker in his room where like he kept his stuff. And I remember he opened his locker door and he had a picture of me oh. inside <laughs> his locker door. And I started crying because so it just yeah, it made me so sad, like obviously made me happy at the same time. You know what I mean? But it was just like I didn't want my brother there mm-hmm. like. I knew he had to be there, but I was also young enough to be like, just come home. I know. know. We can take care of you. I know. Just do your shit together. I remember like eating the cafeteria food there too and like being like, oh my God, this food is shit. Like, that would suck. Yeah. (laughs) And then while we were there, somebody lit a cigarette in one of the bathrooms, one of the people like in treatment. Yeah. And like set the fire alarm off and like, the guy that runs the place was like, this is why we don't blah, blah, blah. like he was pissed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, like this place is terrifying. Uh, it would be terrifying. Like a lot of people in like their most desperate hour and then all of their family being mm-hmm. there who's like been through all this trauma, too. And it's like depressing. Yeah, it was wild. Um, My ex-boyfriend ended up going to rehab after I left him, mm-hmm. ended up meeting the girl that he's now with. And has been for a long time, Fuck yeah. I guess. Well, I don't know if they met in rehab or how exactly they met. But obviously. they're sober. But they both got sober around the same time and then ended up dating. And now they have a kid together. And so, I mean, I'm happy for him. For sure. I mean, as long as they can stay sober together, then mm-hmm. like I'm all for the relationship. And I'm pretty sure he has been sober 
for many, many years now. Mm-hmm. So, at least that's that I good. know of. And your brother? My brother has been sober for a lot of years now. Don't know how many exactly, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, he does smoke pot. So I guess he's not like completely sober. Well, you know, technically, if you look in the dex- dictionary, I think sober just means free of alcohol. Because mm. I know people who smoke pot in microdose and they still say they're sober. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, sense. I don't somebody feel good up, about it. Somebody should update the dictionary. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I say Cali sober. Urban dictionary probably doesn't say the same. <laughs> for sober. It actually probably says boring under sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's Stupid. so good <laughs> that's so funny but so frustrating at the same time yeah but yeah so I um oh I do remember something specific that I think I want to say um not many people know that this happened so hopefully people that are listening to this that know my ex-boyfriend don't get weirded out um you're just sharing your experience yeah and it's not like you're dragging him through the mud hating on him so So. when I left him obviously he was in like the darkest deepest phase of his addiction Mm -hmm. um we were on a lease together in an apartment I obviously left and I needed to get my name off of the lease Mm -hmm. and he I texted him saying like can we go into the leasing office and get my name off of the lease like blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. and he obviously didn't have the money to pay for the whole apartment to himself. Well, because he was putting his money towards painkillers yep. and drugs. And so he told me, he was like, I will sign your name or I will sign to get your name off of the lease if you give me a $1,000. And I remember showing my dad this text message. Yeah. Because I'm like, dad, what do I do? Like, I don't want to give like, him how drug many money. options do I have? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I need to get my name off the lease because if I don't and he doesn't pay, that fucks me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I didn't know what to do. And my dad was like, you're not fucking giving him a thousand dollars. Like I will fucking fight this for you. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dad, like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give it to him. Cause this needs to be over. Because I was at the point where I was so done. And I was like, if you fucking take my thousand dollars and you overdose and die, like I, I was comfortable with the fact that I'm like, this is not my fault. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously I don't want that it's to happen. Choice. I care about you. But I can't blame that on myself. Yeah. And I just need to move on with my life. So I showed up at the apartment, at the leasing office, handed him $1,000 in cash. And we walked in and he signed my name off of the lease. And then I told him, I said, if I give you this $1,000, I want you to never speak to me again. Oh, my God. And he never spoke to me again. You guys have never talked. Never talked. Besides when his dog passed away. Okay. I did send him a message because obviously his dog was like my dog for many years. His dog passed away and I actually cried about it. I was so devastated, especially because my dog grew up with his Mm -hmm. dog. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah. I sent him a message like saying like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Blah, blah, blah. Like thinking about you Mm -hmm. and I will always love Rex, you know, like your dog. So that was the only time. And he was like, thank you so much. Yeah. How do you know he got sober? Um, just from people telling okay. me, because obviously we had tons of mutual friends. Yeah. Like that's how we met was through yeah. friends. Um, I did actually, when we went to, I think I was with you, we went to the lighthouse festival in Michael Teo, mm-hmm. like that year, same year I broke up with him. Okay. A couple months later, cause we broke up in March. So whenever the lighthouse festival was that same year, I think I ended up blacked out drunk that night. Isn't it September ish <laughs> time though? Yeah. Okay. It's Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So we went to the Lighthouse Festival um, and I ran into one of his best friends who I also used to live with mm-hmm. because he was best friends and it was one of my roommates at the time. I ran into him and obviously I asked how 
my ex was doing mm-hmm. and that guy told me that they weren't friends anymore uh-huh. because my ex had pulled a gun on him oh my god and like demanded money oh my god and i just remember thinking like i left when i was supposed to leave for real it's scary because that's the whole other part like the whole other fear with it right is like everything else that becomes mm-hmm. involved with somebody with a serious drug addiction there's a lot of crime involved in that like people do some scary fucking things to get their drugs well like you mentioned with your brother coming over to the house and his friends joining and like being in the garage like that's scary yeah like you're this young girl it's like what what are they gonna do exactly so yeah yeah those that was two like very intense moments I think that Mm -hmm. I had with him (laughs) yeah well it does like just put people in so many like scary situations Mm -hmm. like even thinking about being in my dad's drug dealer's house like or like being in the car while he's driving drunk or like the anger that happens when people drink or like people falling asleep when they're using drugs Mm -hmm. like you talked about he was like falling asleep at the wheel yeah like like he could have killed me and himself and not to mention like me being like living with him in an apartment what if somebody shows up at our apartment wanting something from Mm -hmm. him and he's not home and i'm home by myself Mm -hmm. like i've seen breaking bad twice okay like (laughs) yeah i know what could fucking happen yeah and i was not trying to be part of it yeah for sure but both people that i did deal with addiction with are luckily good now yeah so i'm thankful for that my dad for the most part is from what i know yeah is at least at this moment in time yeah yeah like addiction is not like at the center of our relationship like it was for years so it's kind of nice to be able to just like have a relationship with him aside from from that but it's interesting because I realize that I could definitely use therapy like just like oh yeah having gone through that Mm -hmm. I just obviously realized that I've never really worked through it and so I don't know. It's just interesting to think about how it comes up in other ways. Mm-hmm. I actually listened to a podcast. It was on adult children of alcoholics. And apparently there are like so many traits and characteristics that if you grew up with somebody who battled addiction, like that you have, I don't know. So wow. it's been interesting to like kind of realize how that has played into who I am today yeah, and like how I show up and all of that. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. That is interesting. But if you guys have any experience with this, like I said, I'm sure everybody knows somebody who's battled addiction. We would love to hear from you. Just know you're not alone too. Like mm-hmm. it is it is a really hard thing to go through. But hopefully you can kind of find some connection pieces through listening to this episode and just maybe find a little bit of strength as well. Yeah. And if anybody has any like certain resources too mm-hmm. for people, um, people that are battling addiction or loved ones of people battling addiction, definitely share those with us too so that we can share those on mm-hmm. our Instagram page. Yeah. And we actually should probably do that when we release this episode. I'll mm-hmm. gather some resources for you guys because I have been asked this question before. So all right. We'll oh. make it happen. Thanks for listening today, guys. We will catch you next time. Bye. Yeah.